Good day, good day. Today, I interview Quinn Panair, a member of the Source Runs North Trans Canada Canoe Expedition, a canoe trip I was on this past summer. We paddled 2,800 miles, 109 days, from Rainy Lake, Minnesota, to the Arctic Ocean. It was amazing. Uh, definitely experience of a lifetime. You know, I think we had we had the right group to get it done. I think we all got along very well, but it was uh, it's pretty clear to me early on how we treated each other was going to determine a lot. Yeah. Success or failure, mainly. A hundred percent. And we, we did. We always communicated well. You know, we, we looked out for each other. We were cognizant of each other. Never went to bed angry. I think that's like the easiest way to put it. Yeah. It was resolved an issue. Yeah, and we, I mean, there were some evenings where uh, where there was some tension, uh, conflict, but I feel like any time that would brew up, like we were very serious about it, and we we would have a, a, a very serious heart-to-heart conversation where we put everything on the table, and like that allowed us to work through it. We, we, we turned over every stone in those moments. Yeah, and a lot of times, I mean, people were just frustrated over stupid shit. <laughs> like you're dehydrated yeah. you're at the end of a long day and just kind of need to vent, you need to take it out on someone and it didn't didn't happen that often, but when it did, it was very clear, you know, to both parties, I think that people were just kind of um heated and tired. Yeah. Are there when you think of conflict on our trip, are there any moments in particular that you just think back to? Um definitely definitely on the Sturgeon Weir. When when you and Axe got into it mm. at the campsite, yep, that was just the end of a extremely long day. Everyone was beat, some was out, yeah, dehydrated. We had been paddling upstream for, you know, it felt like twenty four hours, <sighs> yeah, um, and the campsite sucked. Oh so my God. that was arguably the worst campsite of the canoe trip. Yeah, we were in like a we were next to a shitty beaver stream, swampy. So many bugs. So buggy that uh, very un, un like not flat ground. A lot of rocks. Um, yeah, just really uncomfortable. And uh, I, I I think Axel was going to fill up like a pot of water or something. Yeah. And then uh, I, he said something to me, and uh, I just remember not liking the tone that he said it to me. <laughs> so I brought it up. I'm like, I don't like how you uh, asked me that. And then yeah, then then that's when it just evolved. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And he was he was um, holding two pots of water, you know, trying to climb through the canoe, asking you, I think, to just hold it for him or something, <laughs> or grab the pot of water. Oh gosh, whatever it was. I mean, just a total, totally stupid argument over yeah. nothing that turns out to be a defining point of the trip. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. But um, and Axel and I, um, we we struggled a little bit as roommates just even before the trip in, in Vail, and we were both concerned. We were like, you know, we're about to go on this long trip together, and we were really uh, like taking it seriously when whenever a conflict would arise, and we were tr- working through it. And I guess that carried into our trip a little bit. And I think it, for Axel and I, it really took us being in a boat together to bridge that to bridge that gap that was there. And it, I think we, we figured it out beautifully. Like, uh, it just took us, like, fi- figuring out where we were coming from. Like, I finally, I, 
I finally saw where Axel was coming from. I didn't see it before. Sometimes I thought he was literally just trying to be a dick. <laughs> actually, that's what I, that's what was my perspective. Um, but then after talking to him, I'm like, all right, he's actually he's coming from a good place. He just he wants he wants to see the good, and, and uh, yeah, sometimes I might not agree with how to get there or how he's getting there, but it's like it's from a good spot. And so after that, then I was I think it allowed me to more easily handle like a some of the conflict between us and I think we'd move we move through it like just exponentially faster. Totally. From a from an outside perspective, I mean two very different people, but mm-hmm. two very, very honest people. Mm-hmm. You know, you both were completely honest with each other. Not hiding anything. It was all yeah. cards shown. So Yeah. That that allows for a quick resolution. Yeah, you're yeah, you're absolutely right. Axel is very is very honest with both both other people and himself. I feel like and uh, yeah, he when when we were having those conversations, it was like super deep. It was like, who are you as a person? And I I remember saying things that as we were talking, like I was saying things about myself I didn't even realize, but it's through that conversation I was like, wow, these are actually my beliefs. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And so they, once they were out there, he he got to see them and. Yeah, so that was really amazing and special. Well, just just the dynamic of being in a boat with someone. Yeah, yeah. I, I think of all the decisions we made. Yeah, that might have been that might have been the, the most important. <laughs> yeah, really might have been. Oh man, and that's well, it, it was yeah. like twenty thirty days into the trip at mm-hmm. the Paw, where we had been forced to switch up boats. Yeah, because of my wrist injury and James not wanting to stern. So I was in a boat with you, James was with Bram. Yep. Excellent Paul stayed together. And then, you know, the the discussion came up like, should we continue to switch up boats? Is this good? Do we like the way things are? What's the right what's the right play here? Yeah. <clears throat> and I think I I do. I I think you have such a greater appreciation for for the person if you are working with them every yeah. single day, even simply just moving a boat forward. Right. Just paddling together. No, you're absolutely right. You're and absolutely like, right. We had great times on Lake Winnipeg. I know. We had some <laughs> amazing hilarious conversations. conversations. Dude, and I, you, so that one day when, um, when we, when we were like, when we paddled uh, across that bay when we shouldn't have. You remember that morning was super windy. Yeah, we were windy. Oh, yeah. That first stretch, you and I, I remember we were talking about like daycare and like working with young children. Yep. And like we were going through some like crazy waves. And I think everyone else realized like how serious the situation was. But I feel like during that moment, just in that conversation, like I was so kind of lost. So, lost in our conversation about that. Yeah. That it didn't even, yeah, it didn't even register like the the peril or not the peril, but the 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 gravity of our situation. Just talking, yeah. Very deep, very deep conversations out there in the boat on, yeah. on a big lake that, yeah. you know, a lot of our stretches were glassy water oh, and we man. were just kind of cruising and talking about life or careers or beliefs or movies, philosophies, movies, food. Yeah. You know, I, uh, that was the point where I started getting really into food. <laughs> oh, yeah. We did. We did have some. But I feel like on the Saskatchewan is when we really got into like some, I remember talking about like. I learned that you really love charcuterie boards. <laughs> nice, nice glass of wine. I, th- I think that was on Winnipeg. Those, I'm pretty sure that conversation. Oh, did was it on begin Winnipeg? on Winnipeg? Yeah. You might be right. Because yeah. you asked me, you were like, "What do you want more than anything right now?" Oh, I just want a charcuterie board <laughs> of all sorts of cheeses yeah. and meats and a glass of wine. We still having. I guess you got the wine. I got right? my wine. Yeah, you got yeah. the wine. Well, I did when I got home. I, I oh, I, I got just that. I got a oh. bunch of meats, a bunch of cheeses, yeah. a bunch of wine. It's amazing. Yeah, sat down and ate it all. 
the thing the sim- it's those simple things that you really desire on those trips I feel like food being an easy one and the things you take for granted mm. um obviously the 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 readiness of a of a fridge full of food I'm hungry open the fridge you can eat as opposed to having to stop prepare oh my it. gosh yeah um but yeah some of the other like Weird parts coming back into society. I remember being very weirded out by doors. Really? Just just because I hadn't encountered them for so long. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah, shit, you have to, <laughs> there's an entryway. Oh, man. You know, like, we are, we are determined by our entryways. We can only wow. go in and out through this one space where for so long we could go wherever we want, especially, like, walking through the tundra. Wow. You're not confined. It's all open. That's super interesting. It's just right there in front of you. Wow. My my big thing was like group consensus. I remember we were out at a meal um, and uh, it was like 10 of us out at, at uh, Vendetta's getting pizza. And some of the group wanted to stay in town. Others wanted to go. And I just remember I wanted to go home. I was tired. I remember being so frustrated that I couldn't get everyone to agree on going home <laughs> because I, I, I like in that moment forgot that I can just, I can leave by myself. Yeah. I don't have, we don't all have to agree on this. The tethering. So, yeah. The tethering. The tethering. The tethering. Yeah. yeah. So that was like a big observation I had. Yeah. A big thing. That was a, just a fascinating part of the trip to me because you had been, war- we had been forewarned. We had been yeah. told like you guys have to get along. You mm. have to communicate well. Yep. You don't realize why. Because you are stuck to that person. You are oh attached to them. You can't move without them. Like, you can't just, I don't like the way things are going with this person. Okay, I can leave. Like, in the real world, you just, yeah. You, you could have just away. left. You could have just left and gone home and go to bed. Yeah. Can't do that on a canoe trip. You're, yeah. you're stuck there together. I know. Yeah, and I feel like before the trip, that was one of the ways I dealt with conflict with other people. If I was really frustrated... Just get up and leave, you know, walk away. But like there, yeah, that's not an option. You have to deal with it but right it's, there. It's really funny because that's a lesson you learn as, as a young kid, you know, mm. be the bigger man, walk away. If you don't like the way things are going, don't say something you're going to regret. Don't use your fists, you know, don't resort to violence or an extreme, yeah. just walk away. But when you're when you're stuck in the woods with a bunch of people... Like you, you have to resolve the issue. You right. you have to find a way to come to terms or get along. Else you're fucked. Yeah, and I, and like you said, I, I think we we figured that out for ourselves. We must have like to, the fact because it was one of our goals from the beginning to leave the trip better friends and closer than we were before, and I feel like we did accomplish that. Hundred percent. And so, yeah, we something we must have done something right. You know what I mean? In in that area. Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, it's kind of amazing that five of us are out here now. I think that's a big testament to it. Like, yep, things fell into place, but it, it takes that, you know, that desire to to make it happen for for me to move out here and Paul, you, Bram, and Axel are already out of here. But it was very like. It was a very easy decision. Mm. It was one of the easiest decisions I've ever made. Just, wow. just go. Dang. You got the job. Just go. That's amazing. You have the support. You have the friends. You, you know, you have everything there. And now we can, we can continue. We can keep going. 
the trip is over, but our relationship is not over. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing, man. But I, I love what you said about, um, about the leaving, you know, the, the, the tethering when you get into the real world, you realize like, Oh yeah, I can, I, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of bizarre. It's kind of the beautiful thing about a canoe trip. Like you can't, you can't do whatever you want. You are alone. No. You have the solitude, you have the beauty, but you have to work together. Yeah. To accomplish the mission, because if you don't, you're you're just gonna be miserable. miserable. Yeah, and I remember another thing as a result of that is you take fairness very seriously. Um, just the way the way we made decisions, the way we partitioned food, like in the paw was a great example in this hotel. Yeah. Like we we're we're ordering, we stayed in a hotel after 30 days. And in the morning we are in the afternoon, we got lunch and then we came out, they came out with a few appetizers and the, the, how closely we were separating each appetizer. There were like things that should not be like se- tried to be separated perfectly that we were trying to perfectly separate into six equal portions so that everyone got their fair share or like at dinner, you know, whoever cooks, it was uh, it was just the unspoken rule that if you cook, you don't, you, you're the last one to grab a bowl because after you partition all the food, you know, every, you step let step back, step back, let everyone else grab it because you don't want to look like you're stacking your own bowl. Yeah. So just all these little things, and I think that yeah, that's yeah, like on those appetizer plates, it even got down to you know like the scallions that were <laughs> <laughs> that were just kind of like, sprinkled yeah, on top right. of the the appetizer. How many scallions did you get? <laughs> Six. As equal yeah. as possible. As equal as possible, and I wouldn't. I I, I couldn't imagine doing it any other way, honestly. Mm-hmm. No. I because you you'd never question whether or not someone was treating themselves like you know selfishly because it just didn't happen. It did not happen. You didn't have to worry about that. Or trying to yeah, trying to take more than their share, trying to get mm-hmm. ahead in some way because everyone's hungry. Yeah, and that's a mm. you know that's a, that's the lesson you learn at a young age. Like d- we're all hungry. Yep. Don't do not make the mistake of thinking you're the only one who's hungry. Right. I, I feel myself saying that. Year in and year out as a prep counselor, counselor for eight to eleven year old kids, like, do not make the mistake of thinking you are the only person who is hungry. Yeah. Yeah. We all know what hunger feels like, and we're all feeling it. Man, that's a great lesson. That's a super important lesson. And there's a and there's a word too to um, denounce that behavior called the snarf. If someone is um, at the you know at dinner and they're they're like taking people's food or they're giving themselves more they're, they're considered a snarf and i think it's good to have like a punishing word for that because oh, yeah. it makes it very clear that that behavior is not acceptable well, the way i like to see it is someone who puts food in in front of people mm-hmm. food is more important to you than, than another person it doesn't matter who that person is i don't care if you don't like that person they still have a right to eat you know? you, wait say that again you're saying a snarf is someone who puts food before people oh got it okay yeah, that's a that's a very simple breakdown of that word. Yeah, yeah. Like you're, you're thinking with your stomach as opposed to your head or your heart. Yeah, but fortunately on our trip we we packed in a ton of calories. Oh my god! Like our we 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 saw in past trips that they you know at the end of their trip they came back a lot skinnier than they would have liked, and. So we had seen enough trips, Arctic trips before us to learn, to know that, that this is like a repeated behavior and this is something that we could do differently. And so when designing our food plan, we're like, how many calories a day do we need? And then I just remember, what, what did we settle on? Was it 6,000? Mm-hmm. Just about? 6,000. Yeah. And there were times where we were eating closer to seven. 
and like over 6,500. And towards the end, <sighs> so, we, so we went down to, to six or, or less than six, and you could really feel it. Because as much as you're putting it in, in the first few days, first few weeks, it was really hard to consume all those calories. Yep. But you're you're burning so much. The amount of paddling we did, you're burning like 8,000 calories a day. Yeah. And then you, you couple the portaging with that. Yeah. In the middle of the trip, it never felt like there wasn't enough food or that there was too much food. Um, it always felt like there was that we had the right amount of food. Totally. But, Towards the end, people were, were hungry. I mean, yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, hunger. I think Bram asked the question, like, is anyone else still hungry? After, you know, after, yeah. after dinner. Right. And, like, the resounding, almost sorrowful, yes. Yeah. When can we eat our extra rations? Yeah, yeah. And that was, but that was, like, fortunately the first time. Like, yeah. it, the rest of the trip, no. Not, not, not going to bed hungry. I, I do remember the first day when we first, like, saw what a daily root food routine looked like, I would just remember being like, this is like way too much. Like, like, I, not, not being able to finish it, like yeah. everything. Sickening. Sickening, like a <laughs> sickening amount of food. Makes you nauseous. So the plan was like what you wake up, bowl of oatmeal or with a lot of peanut butter and oil, mm-hmm. or you'll have a, a big bowl of granola with chocolate and more peanut butter. Tons of peanut butter. Tons of peanut butter. And then you paddle for... Three hours, yep. whatever it is, two and a half, stop, eat nuts, and a puck of pemmican, yep. which is a thousand calories. Yeah. The size of a hockey puck that does not taste good. No. Well, I, I struggled with it more than anyone. Yeah. You know, at a certain point, like midway through the trip, I started getting rid of my pemmican, but I'm, I'm losing the schedule. After your morning nuts and pemmican around 10, yep. paddle another two hours, eat lunch, lunch, which is peanut butter and jelly and a tortilla. Yeah. Lots of peanut butter. Lots of peanut butter. And and or Parmesan cheese and summer sausage in a tortilla. Yep. Pretty hungry in the afternoon, but then you get your afternoon nuts, you know, around like 3, 4 o'clock. <laughs> yep. Another cup full of nuts, which does really keep you going. And then dinner where you're eating whatever it is, spaghetti, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes. Um, Thai noodles. Thai noodles. Some ramen, um, you know, just smothered, in smothered in oil, oil yeah. and or peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. Some some agent, <laughs> very high caloric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then yeah, maybe you're lucky and you get dessert nuts <laughs> yeah. that night. <laughs> yeah, eight eight pieces of chocolate. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. The sweets really really um, got to me out there. Yeah, that was the like. In, what do you mean got to you? I just craved them. Oh yeah. Especially post meal, like complete yeah. the meal, you know, really <laughs> like the savory the and the yeah. sweet. I remember really relishing in those, mm. in those chocolates and those cherries. Dang, or the monkey munch, you know, like some of the dessert nuts we had. Yeah, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate so amazing. sweet, so good, such a savory. And something you take for granted. I can, mm. I can go to the store and just. And get a Snickers bar. Oh, get as many right. as I want. You can go to Costco and buy a whole pack. But out there, wow. when you're without it and you have to ration it, yep. you like you think about it. You know it's coming. You're excited for it. Mm. Dude, do you remember so nice. on Point Lake? So this is day 100. We're, we're in the thick of the, the tundra at this point. And um, after several several weeks of not seeing anybody, we run into a cabin on this really remote lake. It's And we go inside and... 
We're given, uh, well, I'm not, I wasn't even going to tell the butter story, but I was just going to remark on, we were left with a gift of Oreos. And I remember that evening, like the delicacy with which we were treating <laughs> these Oreos, like very gingerly placing pieces of chocolate and other little things inside of it and then closing it and then taking that <laughs> bite of an Oreo and just be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Such a treat. Man. Really enjoying those moments. You know, you had like... I don't know why, but I get this mental picture of like war, World War Two. You know, a little, little young boy stuck in France getting handed <laughs> a piece of chocolate. Oh my god! By a soldier, you know, they're wow. they're to rescue and just enjoying that delicacy mm. at a time where it was not readily available. Wow. And that's exactly what we were in. Like, oh my god, chocolate, chocolate, you know, chocolate! It's so good. <laughs> but we were less picky, like. So the other story attached to that cabin is um, also a plate of crackers and cheese mm. were brought out. Mm. And uh, my bane. <laughs> and uh, the the woman who owned the cabin also came out with like a tub of peanut butter. I mean, I'm sorry, not peanut butter, of just like straight butter. <laughs> and then like I think she meant it as like I don't even like I I'm not very used to like butter and cheese or butter and. Crackers. I think it's a northern delicacy. Maybe it's okay, northern delicacy, but like it's probably not intended for the amount that we were spreading on it. No. <laughs> so, no. so everyone goes around and starts passing around this butter and is taking like a spoonful of butter and just slapping it on top of like the cheese and cracker. Yeah. Just or, yeah. <laughs> I remember taking a big dollop of butter and putting a piece of cheese on top of it and eating the whole thing in one bite. <laughs> yeah. And really enjoying it. Really enjoying <laughs> it. Really enjoying it. Yeah. But I'm I'm thankful. Besides a few, like the, I think it was Jericho, was one style of nut. I wasn't crazy about it. I had too much going on. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, what was the other kind? There was two. We the, had Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street. Which was sweet and savory. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a huge fan. I want yeah. one, one flavor. It had sesame sticks in it. That, I love those. I, I love those. Yeah. Yeah. Those were really good. Mix of the man. I just Ooh, too much, too much going on. Way too much. It. That probably had the hated most going it. on. Yeah. There were little, there was little, um, it was uh, corn nuts, little mini, like the strawberry M&Ms. though. Gummies, like gummies thrown in with a bunch of nuts. I don't, yeah. 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 Whatever's idea that was. Yeah. <laughs> Drop the ball. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. But it was interesting because unanimously uh, our taste profiles were pretty aligned. Like we unanimously loved Gorp. Oh my gosh! Which yes. was like a just trail mix, pretty much. Mm-hmm. We unanimously loved that. We also unanimously loved um, Monkey what Monkey was it? Munch. Monkey Munch. Yeah, yeah. Which was like they'd have dehydrated bananas, banana chips, yep. and then little peanuts covered in chocolate. Yeah, and um, and also like bigger. Oh. um Bigger banana chips covered in chocolate. Oh, yeah. Oh, what were those? We called those. Yeah, we had names. We had yeah, monkey somewhere, balls. Somewhere monkey balls, a little nut covered <laughs> yeah. in chocolate. The monkey dicks <laughs> were <laughs> the bananas. <laughs> and the rest was just yeah, um, yeah. dandruff. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, and that's that, that brings me into something I wanted to discuss with you. I think it's so interesting how for so much of our trip, we talked in accents. Yeah, I, when what? you said it, when you brought up the name yeah, accent, when I you started speaking it, I was like, yeah, that's... yeah. So like what like what what do you like why did that happen and like what was the reason that we kept doing it because it never ended. I don't I don't know. I, don't, I mean I think it started even when we were just together at the foundation house prepping for the trip. Yeah. In International Falls before we even left, while while the lake was still frozen. Yeah. You know we're just all together, 
I don't even remember like it, who did it first or where yeah. it came from, but someone started speaking in a New Zealand accent. Yeah, and right then. Right then and there, everyone's talking yeah. in a New Zealand accent. It's like... <laughs> yeah, and, and, and like we'd, we'd, we'd be having very serious conversations yeah. in this accent. Oh, then. yeah. Yeah, and like it, it would, it could even get heated in a accent. It was so, it was so strange. It's like, but no one would drop it. Yeah, and no some, one would. Stop. Some were better than others. Like Jimmy was just yeah, terrible, was horrible, terrible. Absolutely. Horrible. No offense to the man, I don't think he'd yeah, care. But well, yeah, New Zealand accent was shit. Very bad. Very bad. Very bad. It would though, and then we we even had the conversation like, isn't it weird that when we're arguing in New Zealand accents, <laughs> no one gets mad? Like, yeah. Stop with that fucking accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it just it kept going. Yeah, it was just natural. Just and then that natural. slowly yeah. fizzled out, and we had, like, Canadian accents for a little bit, and mm. Russian accents might come into play for, for a minute. I think wow. just the, the humor. And when we were we were watching a bunch of, of uh, footage we have last night at this, uh, you know, production editing company here in Avon um, called High Five Media, and... Going pouring through that footage, there's a lot more we're talking in accents, yeah. which is hilarious. <laughs> but I was just laughing at, at how much fun we were having. Yeah, like wow, yeah, that was fucking hysterical. <laughs> that was funny. Wow, you, you, that you was kinda... funny. You know, we we're just we had to use humor mm. to get us through. Like our predicament was exhausting. Yeah, twenty five yeah. miles a day. You yeah, know, you're. You are tuckered out. It's very easy to to flip, to 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 lose your cool, to blow your top. You know, we were always trying to stay goofy. I feel like, and you do an amazing job of this of just keeping everything light. Like even at five in the morning or three in the morning, two in the morning on Lake Winnipeg, freezing cold. You know, you're going to be paddling all day. How do you stay happy? You just got to make each other laugh. You know, wow. and, we, and we didn't we. Our dynamic for that was kind of, kind of perfect. Yeah, like totally. All the it, dude, styles of humor, dude, so, and, and and senses of humor, and you it's know, so we, interesting. We covered it. Yeah, because I I do think like we all we all brought something very unique to the table. It's not like we're all like very similar people. Like we're different people. Totally. And it's so interesting how it all just kind of came together. Yeah, I mean, the two most similar. I just yeah would think you know Bram and Axel, they're brothers. Right, brothers. And they do, they do agree on a lot, but they're they're like so honest and diligent and mm. like righteous dudes, you know, that they they always do the right thing. It's it's really funny when they were at odds with each other. What were what was the moment when they were at odds? I just mean like disagreeing, like on, on a different side of the I know, of a, no, of I know what you mean, but like oh, I can yeah. even think of a specific moment where they oh, were God. like not together. I wish I could. I shouldn't have brought that up if I didn't have one. Well, um I'm trying I to guess think. I guess early on in the trip, it seemed like, 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 like things were leaning certain ways. Paul had had yeah. planned most of it. Yep. Decision making kind of fell onto him in a certain manner, and and Axel and Bram were similarly were thinking similarly to him. Right. Typically. To Paul. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how I saw like early on decisions it. going, but. Yep. Trip goes on, dynamics change, yep. boats change, boats change, you know, and allegiances yeah, change. Allegiance, and like, then, and, thank and you. Where yep. things lie, or, or yeah. who you're siding with, it was that was really funny. Okay. How when you were in a boat with someone, if if a decision came up, where to camp, 
when yeah. to eat nuts, when to do this portage. But it's important to note that we our our decision making strategy was well, well we had a, de- a democratic system. Oh yeah, everyone had a vote. Everyone, everyone, had, a everyone vote. had a vote. Yeah, but you would you would typically side with the person in your boat. Yeah. Because you were talking to them all day, because mm-hmm. you were hearing them, because you were yeah. knowing them right then and there yep. better than anyone else. Man, yeah, and and, that was like that. That was so funny. You're, uh, like when you were in a boat with Jimmy, yep. You and just Jimmy, about that. you and Jimmy were the same. Yeah, you were the same on everything. So interesting. Yeah, I think once 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 Paul and Axel separated the. The dynamic really shifted. Mm. Then it was, it, it was just dependent on boats, and and even towards the end, it, you know, it really everyone was so comfortable and 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 honest and open with each other, and and yeah. you really started to feel like like how how people felt truly how people felt. No one was trying to put on a show or impress anyone because I think early on, like even myself, I think the reason I hurt my wrist because I was just. Trying to do the like yeah. more than I should, right? Really trying to prove myself to guys I'd never tripped with before. Mm. But we all learned how to trip from the same place. So, um, yeah, I think like laying on in the trip. I remember you asking me after we had a heated debate as to whether or not to camp. You asking me like, "Do you really want to camp here?" <laughs> and I was like, "Zach, I don't give a shit <laughs> where we camp. Yeah, I am so fucking tired. Yeah. I will yeah. sleep anywhere." So that was that was a particularity that I discovered in myself. Like I am particular about where tent sites go. I oh, realize yeah. that I, I care a lot. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, I realize I care a lot about having like a flat tent spot, and like I I I struggled to settle for something that I thought was inadequate. You know, even if it was at the at the con, at the at the cost of paddling further into the evening. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Even 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 when the rest of the group was in consensus that it was time to pull over, so yeah, that it's like funny the things you discover about yourself too. Because I never before the trip would have been like, oh yeah, I'm particular about where we camp. I guess I freaking am. I guess I am. I love flat tent spots. That's my big thing. Uh, an eye opening, um, like revelation for me was just how fast other people move. Mm. I thought, I mean, coming yeah. as, as a counselor and prep camp with the youngest kids for so long. My style of tripping was a lot different in, like, the first week, two weeks, major culture shock on how fast all of you guys moved. Well, like, especially, you know, you look at someone like James. Oh, my God. Bram. Paul's very fast. Like, the... Jimmy's insane. Yeah. Jimmy's insane. (laughs) That that kid is out of the tent in five minutes, flat. You know, he's asleep, <laughs> alarm goes off, he's out of the tent. He's a me- yeah. Waiting, you know, like yeah. it, it's I'm amazed he doesn't make more mistakes. That's mm. what I was I was like waiting for. You know, like, well, he's just gonna fuck up because he's going too fast. No, he's I don't know, he's, he's that's how he moves, that's how he operates. Like yeah. he can't Super. sit still. How many times did you hear him ask, Can we go? Oh man. You know, can we Every go? Break. Can we go? Can we, can go? we go now? Can we, we go? go? Yep. Jimmy, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah yeah but it, it's it's, it's but so then impressive. when you're in a boat with him it's he, like 
let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> this kid is yeah. ready to battle. <laughs> yeah. And he's got him jacked up. Let's yeah. go. J- James was easily like the best bowman. And I think I think the whole trip unanimously agreed on that. Like he pulls he, his entire body weight. Yeah. With so. every stroke. Yeah. That's so amazing. Used a whitewater pedal. The whole trip. Yeah. Broke broke his bench half day two. Yeah. So stubborn. Yeah. Never, you know, never looked back. Just all right, I'm gonna wield this broadsword through the water for 107 days. Yeah. Just, he gained 20 pounds of muscle. That's I think that I mean that is that's probably the most amazing statistic. Like it's it's great what Paul's watch has done. Paul brought this amazing watch on the trip that not only tracked our mileage and speed, but temperatures and elevations and all these like, crazy charts and tables that he's put together. Yeah. It's fascinating. But the stat that, that sticks out to me the most is this grani ass hundred and you know fifty pound kid came in and left hundred and seventy pounds <laughs> yeah, of muscle. <laughs> just mighty mouse. Yeah, yeah. Like, and even even watching the videos of him paddling is just like kind of crazy because he's like a little motor. He's so fast. And that is something like the bowman sets the pace for paddling. And um, the, the, the person in the back of the boat steering is just left to like keep up basically or just maintain that same pace. Totally. And so when you're in a boat with James, you know your average paddle stroke per minute is going to raise yeah. substantially. I had to tell him to, to slow down his stroke. You know, I'd rather us be in sync, but yeah, certain times he's going, you just let him go. Right. Like, Right. Yep, oh, he's going to paddle up. that I'll fast. Yeah. And he's using his whole yeah, like like Quinn said, he's using he's his he's his, put, his head is like down. Yeah, he's you know, tucking he's his head down at the at the bottom of the boat yep. at every stroke and he's kind of sometimes he's getting a rhythm too. You can see him like bouncing. Another thing is just everyone's paddle stroke. Yeah. Like I, we're, we're getting way into this. We should probably wrap it up, I think. Bobby wants to play some Catan. Mm. But I I just I I am fascinated at how I could recognize every single person from 100 yards away simply based on how they use their paddle. Wow. Who who did you, just purely based on paddle stroke, who did you enjoy paddling with the most for that reason? Based on? Just based on paddling. The, like the, the who did pure, I enjoy paddling with the most? Yeah, and I'm not talking about social dynamic. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. could get into that. But just, just paddling together. I'm talking together, about just like paddling Who I felt most in sync with. Yep. Paul. Mm. And how would you describe his paddling? I I don't think either of us really had to try. There wasn't really that much communication. And and we were pretty well into the trip when we were put together. Jimmy and I started out together and, and were at odds at the end when we were together. It was awesome. You know, like we were we were great. With Paul from day one, there might have been like one or two things said in terms of speed or, or stroke or in syncness, whatever. Yeah. But we just, we just like. It was just natural. Yeah. Quietly, quietly went. I didn't, Paul and I didn't talk very much. I talked with you a hell of a lot. Right. Bram and I didn't talk very much. James and I talked a little bit. Axel and I talked a decent amount, but you know, like I think every, <laughs> everyone talked with you. Right. A lot. Well, yeah, I just, yeah. And, and to be honest, I, I don't, Typically talk a lot when I pedal, but I really enjoyed all the conversations we had. Oh, yeah. I, it, it passed the time incredibly, and, and I remember being in the bow in that time and kind of pissed off, like, 
Yeah. My back was bothering me. My shoulder was bothering me. My wrist was bothering me. I was worried that I, like, I couldn't hack it. And you were a beacon of positivity. Mm. And it, it like kept me going. Yeah. You know, it really, it kept me going when we were when we were in that in the shit, like in the waves. When oh, I was, wow. when I had three feet of air underneath the bottom <sighs> of the boat and the wave, and you were talking to me, like I was a camper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember just like, wow, this guy is so positive. Oh my god, he is. He's gonna talk me through this. Wow. And like I wasn't, I wasn't super worried. Right. But yeah. I had no reason to be with you back there like, dude, don't worry. We're getting through this. It's all right. We're okay. We're fine. Dude, yeah. Man, that's crazy. Because in that, I, I actually thought we were going to die. I thought we were pro- I thought the odds that we were going to swamp and then be freezing and, and suffer from hypothermia and not be able to be rescued by another boat lest they swamped as well, I thought that was greater than the fact that we actually make it out of that situation. And you internally were freaking out. Yeah. And your words were calming me. I just thought That's it was crazy. funny. <laughs> I was like laughing yeah. up there. That's like, Quinn, every paddle stroke gets us one stroke closer yeah. to survival. Yeah. And meanwhile, you I'm see just. that point? That's where we're going. Like, <laughs> dude, I know. <laughs> we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, we got to get out of here. Oh, man. So scary. It was, um, it was one hell of a trip. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, uh, that, that's the, that's the hardest part now is I'm, I'm, I'm enough removed that I know that it will never happen again. We'll, we'll never be there together again like that. You know, I think that it's, it's, it's sad, but it's also kind of beautiful. You know, we, we have so many memories to look back on and so much to talk about. And it's awesome we're doing it right here, you know, in the microphones to be recorded and shared. And, like, we, we have so much to do now post-trip, but I'm, but I'm always going to be so sad that, that, you know, that I can't go back. Yeah. This is, it was hands down the best way of living I've ever I've ever encountered. And I, I I remember writing a journal entry, like towards the end, you know, one one of one of the last weeks, just like I am living, I am living purely, truly, and freely. I am living out here. Wow. And I had, and and I needed that. I needed that so bad. I am so much better now. After having that feeling, just because I had that feeling. Wow. Because I know what that feels like. I can I can move on, and and ho- ideally share it. You know that's like, that's the goal at this point. Is is just spread the love. Mm. Go find it. Go out there and find it. Find that feeling. Dang. That's so crazy too. Because um, listening to Chase's interview as well, we interviewed another another guy from our camping community who did his own Arctic trip. Like he basically. Says something along the lines of when he ever has to close his eyes and go to a happy place, like he goes somewhere back on that canoe trip somewhere in the Arctic. And it's like amazing. It's like, yeah, like that, this, this beautiful place does exist in the world. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're fortunate to have experienced it. And, uh, yeah, hope that, uh, hope that many more people get a chance to experience something like that too. Cause it is a moving, it is a moving experience. Totally. You know, and it, it doesn't have to be a 109-day canoe trip to the Arctic Ocean. 
You know, there's, I don't know, there's. There's other ways of getting there. There's infinite ways of finding that feeling. It depends on who you are and what you want. What you aspire to do or be or feel. You know, I think a lot of people have these these high aspirations, these goals of of what they're going to make out of themselves. You know, how how successful am I going to be? What am I going to, what's my job? What's my title? What's my house? What's my car? How much money do I have in the bank? If if that is the way you feel, if that's what you're striving for, I, I wish you all the best. But, you know, there are other people who, hey, I just, I just want to feel complete. I just want to feel, you know, like I've done what I've wanted to do. And a lot of people have a question mark as to what that is. Like, I don't, I don't really know. I know I like this. I kind of like this. I'll try this. You get, it's like the seekers, the searchers, the the people who just... You know, you, you, you're chasing that feeling. And I think all of us got a taste of it out there before the Arctic, which is why we, we eventually went on that trip. Um, and then it, it did. It finally, like, manifested into that ultimate, that ultimate euphoria that I thought it would be. It really did. I was, I'd, you know, like, so worried before the trip of what is going to happen. Is this going to yeah. be a bad experience? Right. Is this going to go south and and I'm going to come away from it worse, like regretting? Because that was ter- that's a terrifying thought. Yeah. But but you know, I, I don't even have the words. Like I know, I know. Some part of me will always be out there, and I and I and I think I think I really needed that. I think I just need. I just had to go. I had to go there. I had to, to just remove myself for for an extended period of time, and now I can can come back and 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 do more and like feel good, and 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 move forward. Wow, felt a little stagnant there for a couple of years before the trip, and maybe I'm just you know like super riding a super high post trip, but it feels like more. It's been some months now. Yeah, yeah, and there was definitely like that uh, that post trip high and then those post trip blues. Yeah, yeah. The key was staying busy, just mm. to try to keep your mind off of any idea of like resentment of the real world. You know, coming back mm. home after that of why can't I do that forever? All the time. Yeah, and it's I think it's interesting that we ran into Mike Ranta, a long distance solo canoeist. Um, from Canada who um, has done his own trips. Yeah. Across Canada. And his advice was like, yeah, you're probably going to experience post-trip depression that generally kicks in about two weeks after a trip. And the only way, the only remedy that he's, he's ever discovered that works for himself is to start planning your next adventure, whether or not you actually go on that. And uh, did you, I'm curious, did you experience any post-trip depression, post-trip blues Post-trip um, being really down, and how did you handle that? I, I did. I did. I don't, I don't think it was um, – it, it wasn't super heavy just because I, I luckily got a job soon after the trip, a mm-hmm. teaching job, and moved out here and was just so busy. I did have two weeks back home, you know, where I was, like, debating what the hell I'm going to do. 
where I was one reacclimating, adjusting, g- getting my feet on the ground, but I was also like, uh, you know, not depressed, but just sad, just just bummed, bummed that I couldn't keep doing that, bummed that I can't last forever. But I, I, I not as not as bad as I thought. Yeah, you know, not as bad as I thought, or. As bad as maybe some others had it. Like I um Yeah. I just felt very fulfilled after. Mm. I felt extremely grateful. Yeah. Being the last guy asked to go and and how well it went and, and just how much I think I needed it. I was extremely fulfilled. And just like, fuck yeah. That was awesome. You know, like Yeah. Yes. Dude, that yeah. That's like for me one of the most complicated and hard feelings to describe that feeling of like when for me, the end of the trip came when all of our arms were around each other and we're just staring off at the Arctic. You do the final tobacco ceremony. Like that's when it really set in. And I remember after that, we're all, we were all crying and super emotional, but like that feeling encapsulated and staring out with our arms around each other. Like I, I don't even know how to, explain that to other people. Like it's, it's, it. all I can say with certainty is it's just super powerful. Oh yeah. It's like the, you know, the perfect bow, the cherry on top. It all kind of came together in, in that moment of, of seeing our final destination, being there all together, thinking back on everything, 109 days. Starting in Minnesota, ice on Lake Winnipeg, paddling upstream for a month, freezing your ass off, you know, like worried about bears. Horse flies on slaves. Oh, my God, the bugs. <laughs> Fucking bugs. Yellow Horsing, knife. Yellow knife river. Yeah. Yellow knife river. I'll never see you again unless I'm going down. <laughs> right. Even, even then. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and it all, it all like, it just... It came together in that in that moment, and I remember thinking about what I wanted to say in those moments. Like, how, how do I even thank the Great Spirit for 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 what we have gone through? How many things went right? How many things could have gone wrong? Yeah, I could have blown my knee out on on the Methy Port. Oh my gosh. Just gone home that and been so done scary. and gotten choppered out. You know, like someone could have gotten sick. Someone could have gotten Jardia. Done. Trips over. And it, so many things went right. We we made a we made a lot of good smart decisions, but if at the end of the day you get lucky yeah. to a certain point and and yeah, I, I mainly just want to express wanted to express that gratitude of just thank you. Thank you for letting us all make it. And learn from each other, and love each other, and 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 get here and become better, and become better men, and and have this, and have and always have this. Like I don't, I don't think, you no, know, I don't think I really understood how how much it would mean. I was hoping I I I, I would, it would mean a lot, but you don't, you can't explain. You know, I don't. I don't have the words of of what that that moment really meant. Looking back, 
Me neither. And, and it's funny how these moments come because we thought our initial moment would happen the moment we touched base in Kagluktok, the, uh, the, 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 final, the final destination. But, like, we get there and the anticipation is high and then some guy pulls up yeah. on a four-wheeler. Yeah. It just is it's so awkward. Just stole it. Basically stole the moment. Took our moment. And it happened the next day. Even then, imperfectly, I remember in the background there was like a really loud like drill going off from like a a big crane. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. There was yeah, like yeah. a big machine, but it didn't matter because I think what was more important was that we were all there. There wasn't a there wasn't like a physical thing pulling us out through person or anything, and like that's when that's when our moment came. Yeah, and so, we all felt it. And we everyone felt it. You know that that's what made that's what made it the moment. You know yeah. we can all. We can all look back and know exactly what the other person was talking about because we it it, it was a completely um, uh, it was a whole group feeling. I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but everyone felt it. Everyone shared the same moment. You know, you get those points where you're, oh hey, we're thinking like, no, we all felt no, we all, the same, and, and that thing. was uh, evidenced by our reactions yeah. afterwards in the. And the tears in everyone's eyes, and the emotions, the yeah, feeling. And the feeling, and the 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 strength of all the embraces. But yeah, well, I think this is a this is a fine point to end this first part of uh, our interview. But Quinn Quinn Panera, everybody, thank you so much for coming on and 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 sharing this opportunity to talk more about our trip. Zach Zach Schiller. My dude, my brother, thank you for having me. I think it's awesome. You got this going. I, I am going to listen to everything you put out. And thank you so much for having me. You're, you are a rock star. Podcasting was meant for you, dude. This is great. I'm super happy to be here. Um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's keep the Source Runs North going. Oh, yeah. You know? we, it's, this is the beginning, man. I mean, with all the pro creative projects we got going on. So. Seriously. Yeah. A lot but of moving pieces. I love you so much. I'm so grateful that we got to share that experience together. And uh, the feeling is mutual. Yeah. The feeling is mutual. <laughs> dude. Thank you. Good night. Good night, folks.